0: Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father we uh, thank you that we can be here today and just pray that your word speaks to us and and that we're open to not only understand your word but to to live it out in our lives. Lord we pray for some of those that are not here today that are not feeling well and and Lord right now I just want to lift up uh, uh, Tom Gilley to you and just pray that your healing hand be upon him as he's going through uh, really struggling with a lot of pain right now and and then the treatment plan coming up, we just pray for him and for Jeannie as well. And, and others that uh, are just uh, recovering from surgeries or are looking forward to surgery. I just pray that you'll just be with them. And, and again, we thank you that we can be here today to worship you and to earn courage and love one another. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. There was a man who was a, a really good rock climber. And he took the challenge to climb this really difficult rock formation. And as he's climbing, he slips and he falls. And as he's fallen down that cliff, he's able to grab hold of a branch that's just jotting out of this jagged side of the rock. And so he wasn't sure at this point, as he's holding on to that branch, how he's going to maneuver himself to get into a safe position to get up to the top of the cliff. So finally he realizes it's kind of hopeless, and so he starts screaming for help. He screams for a while, and then pretty soon he stops to kind of assess the situation and what's going on again. And he realizes there's really nothing else he can do. There's no place to put his other hand. And so he yells again, he says, is there anyone up there that can help me? And finally, he hears a voice and it says, yes, I hear, I hear you, calling, and I can help you. So the man just kind of gives a sigh of relief and he thanks God that there is someone here to help him. And he yells out, who are you? And the voice says, I'm God. Now, the man's just a little bit confused. But at this point, he didn't really care because he's hanging by this branch. And so he says, well, thank you, God. Can you help me? And God says, yes. I just need you to do one thing. And he goes, what's that? I will do anything at this point, God. And God says, let go. Let go and I will catch you. So the man thought about it. And he says, "Okay, God, what did you say? God said, just let go and I will catch you. So the man thought about it and he said, is there anyone else up there that could maybe help me out? And I think that that's true about us. And we've heard the expression, let go and let God, you know. Let go of my fears. Let go of my resentment. Let go of my need to be in control of people. Let let go of my need to uh, be in control of the traffic. Or let go of my need to be in control of the weather. Let go of my image. Let go of what I did yesterday. Let go of what might happen tomorrow. Let go of my life and let God do for me what I can't do for myself. The problem is letting go is does not come naturally for us. So we're getting started in this new series on Proverbs, just a, just a few weeks on becoming wise guys. You know, we're going to be really wise. And if we use the wisdom that we get from God's word, it helps us navigate life. It helps us make better decisions because we are accepting his wisdom and then we're going to live our lives by it. In our scripture today and in our memory verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. We've all heard that verse, those verses before, right? If not, else you heard it about five minutes ago. But the simple point that Solomon is trying to make here is that if we would be willing to let go of the need to have it our way, and if we would let God direct our paths, we would be much better off. In the book of Job, one of Job's friends gives him some good wisdom, telling Job in chapter 11, he says, yet if you devote your heart to him and stretch out your hands to him. What that friend is wanting Job to do is if you will prepare your heart by surrendering your heart to God, then you're probably going to be more willing to stretch out your hands towards God. Now I want you to think about that image for a minute. So i got another story about that. There was a a man, he's written many books way back when, but his name is Henry Nowen. And he's actually a priest who became very fascinated with a group of trapeze artists. And they were called the Flying Rodleys. How many have heard of them? I hadn't either, so I just thought I'd see. So anyway, this this no one has the opportunity to become friends with this trapeze artist. And one day, he's talking to one of the Rodley family people, the leader of the troupe, about the act that they have. And he says, you're the flyer. And he says, as the flyer, what do you do? And he says, well, I have to have complete trust in the catcher. He says, the public looks at me doing all the somersaults and doing all that stuff in the air, and they think that I'm the great star of the trapeze, but the real star is Joe the catcher. So the guy says, how does that work? He says, well, the secret is that the flyer does nothing and the catcher does everything. He says, when I fly, I simply just have to stretch out my arms and hands and just wait for the catcher to grab me. So this new one guy it's asking all these questions says, so, so you don't do anything? He said, no, I don't do anything. He says, the worst thing that a flyer can do is try to catch the catcher. He goes, I'm not supposed to try and catch him. The flyer must fly and the catcher must catch. He says, I must be with outstretched arms so that the catcher can just grab me. You see, our job is to kind of fly through the air and trust God who's the catcher. Our part is to trust and surrender our lives, to give up our life, and God's part, is to catch, to hold on to me and do those things that I cannot do myself. So when I, when I surrender my whole life to the will of God, I'm ready to receive the power that I can't do myself. The problem is, and maybe this isn't you, maybe this is just me, we try to solve all the world problems ourselves. We try to do it on our own. We try to get everything done on our own. And in a sense, we try to become the flyer and the catcher all in one time. So now let's look at our scripture this morning out of Proverbs 3, verses what? See? See how easy it is to memorize? If you haven't struggled memorizing, come to Awana. Some of those kids are pretty sharp. But Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and it's, it gives us advice on what it means for our lives as we seek for God's wisdom. So look at, the, look at verse 5. The passage says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. How many times have we struggled to make sense of life's events? Our understanding many times is pretty limited. God, however, sees the big picture. We just have our little little area that we're looking at. But how many times when bad things happen, and even when we're clueless, even if we can explain it away, we still have a lot of grief and we struggle. But there's a lot of questions that we struggle with that we, we don't sometimes know the answers to. Why did our children become sick? Why does a relationship not work out? Why did a best friend of mine die? Why did I lose my job? Uh, why? we got a lot of whys that go on in our lives and we think, why, why, why? I need to know the answers. and It's a huge question. And I believe that there are too many people who get stuck right there with just the whys that they never move on in their life. They can't get past the whys. And a lot of times we ask, we'll ask God, but we want an answer that's going to satisfy us. We may ask God for the reasons, but we don't wait for the reason. Instead, we take off searching for our own reason. When we look at this passage, these two verses... Especially this verse. We look at the word trust. It's more than just a a simple trust. It's not like I trust that the sun will rise in the east and set in the west. It takes us beyond that. It's kind of a bold and confident trust. I confidently trust that Jesus died for my sins so that I could be forgiven and redeemed and someday have eternal life with him. That's the basis of what Solomon wants for us. Also, it's to realize that there's a very small word in this sentence that is really huge. It says, we are to trust in the Lord with a little bit of my heart. Remember last week we used the word if as the key word? It's the word all today. Trust in the Lord with all of my heart. Hmm. So maybe trust God with 50% on some days. Maybe on a good day, I'll try to boost it up to 75%. Now Solomon says here, we're to trust God with 100% of our lives. With all of our heart. And this is a really important point. When you do anything with all of your heart, it means that you're going to give it your all. It means you're going to do everything that is possible. When you trust God with all of your heart, it means that whatever is thrown your way, whatever immovable roadblocks or difficulties that seem to have no solution, you realize They probably do have a solution, but you're going to have to trust God to give you the solution. It means that you have a bold and confident trust in God as you give 100% of your heart. When we don't do that, that's when we lean on our own understanding. We lean on our own plans. And I don't know about you, but when I do that, it doesn't go very well seems like I get more in trouble. And when we think of tragedies that happen in our lives or we see around the world or whatever, sometimes there's never a good answer. For instance, this did happen. A pickup truck hit a group of motorcycles and killed seven people. And the result of the accident was because of human error on the driver's part. Now, knowing the answer of why it happened, does that make the grief any easier for the families? I don't think so. Because sometimes, humanly, our answers don't always make sense, and sometimes the words that we hear from God don't necessarily make sense at that particular moment for us. Now, I'm not saying that God doesn't make sense. I'm not saying that God doesn't have a plan. He does. But when there's a tragedy and we're trying to make sense of it, God's words sometimes seem really difficult to grasp at that time. Later, however, we might have a little bit better understanding of what God is trying to tell us. So this is when we need to put our trust in God's plans over ours. Even if his plan is not the one that we wanted, we probably didn't want to lose our job. But God probably has a better plan for us than we ever could have. We can say, God, I don't understand why this is happening. I don't understand this disease. I don't understand the business failure. I don't understand why this friendship is no longer here. I don't understand why I'm having health problems. But I know that you, Lord, know what's going on, and I will trust you. See, I believe God desires to bless each one of us. And maybe your life doesn't seem possible that God could bless you with what's going on. You might not understand it all, but let me just assure you, God has a plan. He knows exactly who you are. He knows exactly what you need. Must be story Sunday. I got another story. How many have ever flown in an airplane? How many have ever piloted an airplane? Wow. I wouldn't want to ride with you guys. I don't think. (laughs) So you guys will know whether this is true or not. But. Basically, the lights that they have on the airplane are not for the pilots to be able to see at night. It's so that the airplane can be seen. The pilot goes by the gauges. All the instruments on the panel. and They need to know where they are and what they do and all that kind of stuff so they can go and get to be where they are. The gauges are a thousand times more reliable than the pilot's own sense of direction. So if you're flying a plane over the mountains and it's night and it's foggy and all of that kind of stuff, I don't want a pilot, depending on his own sense of direction, to say, I think the mountains are on my left and so I'm going to go to the right. No, I want a pilot that's going to be staring at those gauges saying, where are we and where are we going and what's the altitude and what's all that's going on. Because the gauges are much more reliable than the sense of direction that the pilot might have. It's the same with trusting God. We don't have to be able to explain every event that happens in our lives. All we need to do is be able to trust God who has promised. He's promised to do what He's promised. And so, our own self-sense of understanding is not going to get us through life. But it's trusting God when we don't understand life. Now look at the last part of verse 5. It says, lean not on your own understanding. Now that's kind of a strange phenomenon. Just think about when the time that you were probably three or four years old, And we start getting taught. We start learning. We're going to school. And maybe we formally start teaching our kids either at home or at the schools, preschool and kindergarten. And they work their way up through uh, 12th grade, becoming just so smart that you just can't imagine how impressive they are, right? Then they probably go off to college. Four more years, possibly more after that. Some of them make a career of just going to school, I think. But anyway, our kids go to school somewhere between 13 and 23 years. It's so that they will gain knowledge and understanding. So now Solomon tells us, don't lean on your own understanding. But that's what most of us lean on. Because we believe that we can do it ourselves. We believe that we can figure it out. It's kind of like when you get that stuff that we just had Christmas and you got to put it together. I don't need directions, I can do it myself for a while. Then it's like, let's start over and get the directions. We believe we can do it ourselves. We believe that we can Google it. We can YouTube it. Watch videos on it. Because the internet's never wrong. We can do a Wikipedia search which has everything just the way you want it, right? But the Bible tells us... Now, hold on a minute. Understand that if you lean on your own understanding, if you lean on your own body of information rather than leaning on the Lord's wisdom and guidance for direction and advice, you're probably going to be in trouble. So the question is, how do we know what God's will is? Well, in some ways, it's just a matter of talking to God. If you go over to the book of James, in James chapter 1, it's a very familiar passage. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generous to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Now, I'm going to tell you something you might not like. You ready? We all lack wisdom. We all struggle at times. And what we need is godly wisdom in our lives. So James says, if you're struggling with a decision, ask God. And it says He will give His wisdom to us generously. But not only will God give generously, but it says He will give it to us without finding fault. Another version might say reproach. If you take the word reproach, it's not a very common word in the English language. But basically what that word fault and reproach is basically meaning, God's not going to, as you're seeking God's wisdom, God's not going to look at you and say, I don't even know why he created them. Now he might with me, I don't know. Or he might, you know, he's not going to say, I can't believe that they're asking about this. Because if it's important to us, it's important to God. It says lean to God, lean on God, talk to him, ask him, God will help help you find peace in your heart about your decisions. And sometimes I believe we have to ask more than once. Because you know what happens? This is, I think, where we get it wrong. We think, okay, I'm going to ask God once. And if I don't get an answer in the next 20 seconds, then I'm going to have to solve it all on my own. And that's not the case. Because sometimes God wants us, to know, wants us to know that we're serious about what we're praying for. What we're asking about. So now let's go to verse 6 of our scripture. In all your ways, submit to Him. Another translation might say, acknowledge Him. And it says, and He will make your paths straight. Now again, we see another, that, that small word that we talked about earlier. The word all. Acknowledge Him what? In all your ways, submit to Him. In all that you do, acknowledge the Lord. It means that in everything that you do, we need to consider what God's will is. So does that mean we pray about everything? Do you need to pray about the color socks you wear and stuff? I hope you're close enough to God that you can figure that out yourself. Of course, if you were here Wednesday night, you realize that my socks were inside out, that I realized when I was up at the hospital, but anyway. But at least they both matched. We should be aligned close enough to God to know what's appropriate to wear and what's not to wear. So let's get that out of the way. If you don't, seek God's wisdom. But the word acknowledge comes from the word to know. And it's not just passing knowledge. It's a deep knowing. And so I have a deep knowing of God and when I do, it says when I have this deep knowing of God, He will make my path straight. So because of the intimacy and the relationship that I have with Christ, I've developed a rhythm and pattern in life where God can guide me and I willingly accept His guidance and wisdom. So as we consider. Keep going on this wisdom thing over the next few weeks. This Proverbs 3 5 and 6 is kind of a key passage to all this. So I think you ought to try to memorize it. But you probably already have it memorized many times we've gone over it. But when it comes to living your life, as you seek to get your life together and you keep it together, you can follow one of two strategies. You can either live your life on your own and hope for the best. Or you can follow the Lord and know exactly where you're going to end up. Now, you don't have to know all the details about how things are supposed to work. All we have to do is follow the one who does. And I don't know about you, but that's really comforting to know That He knows it all. And He cares for me. He has a plan for me. And I just have to submit my life to Him. So what's our memory verse say? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And He will make your paths straight. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You that Your love and mercy and grace that you care deeply about each one of us. And Lord, a lot of times we just try to do things our own way and it's really at last resort sometimes that we come to you and I just pray that we can realize that we come to you at all times. And so Lord, I just pray that all of us here can just really submit our lives to you. Lord, if there's someone here that has never given their heart and life to you, that even right where they're sitting, they'll ask you into their heart and maybe there's others that are struggling with decisions Struggling uh, some of the whys of life. I just pray that you will just give them just a touch of wisdom today. That they might not necessarily find the answers exactly the way they want, but they know that you're in control. So Lord, I thank you for this time that we can worship and praise you. And even as we spend a little more time in, in worship. Lord, I thank you that you have a plan for each of us. And Lord, in all our ways, I just pray that we acknowledge you. And I thank you that you make our paths straight. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.